never walked on the moon. Elvis ain't dead, you ain't going crazy. It's all in your head. Let me tell you, it's all interpretation. Oh my. To find the truth, you gotta read between the lines. Dang it, Bobby. Work out your own salvation. You are the best of white people. It's hard to find him. It's more than a place to stay in my mind. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Jerry, just remember it's not a lie if you believe it. You should never be allowed to talk to people. There is a fine line between genius and madness. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. God bless America. Wow. God bless America. <laughs> you know, that could, you, those same words can be said in so many different ways and mean so many different things, Mark. Yeah. A lot of people like to take it literally when it feeds their argument, you know, and others yeah. like to take it in a generality when it fits their purposes. If we would stop making God fit our box, I think things might be better. You know, our box is very small. Our yeah. box is not what it needs to be. And we keep trying to cram God into it when we know God is omnipresent. He is everywhere to all people at all times and all things. He is yeah. the Alpha and Omega. Why are we putting him in our box? I created mm. this little stupid box here with a lot of mistakes. It's not <laughs> even a perfect square. It's not even a perfect cube. And I'm going to cram him into that with me, by the way. You know, I'm going to make yeah. him my co-pilot. Really? Yeah. My co-pilot, oh, holy right. free holies. And then I'm going <laughs> to well, exchange the real one for a fake one, the hypothetical well, Jesus. What would right. he do? Hmm, really? <laughs> oh, my goodness, Mark. Some days are like that. You know, you, you look yeah. at yourself in the mirror and you say, I'm a fraud. That's yeah. it. I yeah. am not what I claim to believe. And if I was yep. what I claim to believe, I would not be this miserable. Why are Christians miserable? <laughs> I think it's interesting. You and I have talked about that before in the mm -hmm. past. Uh, there's, yeah. It seems to be that Christianity as a whole is uh, is a big dysfunctional family, and they're all victims of something. It's mm -hmm. just it's just odd that uh, I, I I watch I watch Christian broadcasting sometimes. I, I oh, listen really? to Christian music from time to time. <laughs> I mean, you say every now and then you're flipping around, going, "Okay, what is this about?" I do too. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I do too. Well, I and, think. Does he really believe that? Yeah, I actually, I'm watching this guy on TV who's wearing really hip looking clothes and he's got the latest look on, you know, yeah. whether it's earrings, baubles or half shaven or whatever, the, whatever the yeah. hip look is. And I'm yeah. going, and he's, I, I think what he's saying is interesting, mm. but it's a half truth. It sounds yeah. good, but it's a half truth. He's saying things God never said. He's saying, right. he's saying things that never are not in the Bible. Mm. They're out Which of the book of David. It takes us back to the box again, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and, and God is on our side. No, God is not on your side, but you bloody well better be on God's side. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise you are on the wrong side of history. You really are. <laughs> but back to the whole victim thing. That's, that's one of the things that kills me. We, we ran, you and I, we ran a, a, an internet Christian radio station for a couple of years and listening to the music, I, I listened to a lot of music and I thought, why is it all of these people are begging for help? 
you know, <laughs> they're always, right. it seemed to me that, and please, I'm not, I, we have a I lot know. of friends in the Christian music industry. Yes. We have a lot, but it occurred to me over the years, many times actually over the years, but more recently focused because we were so focused involved with this one thing. It's, there's a lot of pleading for help and my life is a, is a wreck and God, please give me comfort. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of that, a yes. lot in Christian music today. Yeah. And it occurs to me that a lot of people have a skewed perspective of what it means to be somebody who's following Jesus. Right. Because he actually won. Yeah. Why are you begging for help? I mean, right. he, he's already yep. won. Yep. <laughs> Everything, all of the attack, all of the other stuff, it's a threat. You know, right. we talked about threats yesterday. You did. I think it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me at the time that God has made his promises. Satan has made threats. The difference between a promise and a threat is a threat is something that's probably not going to happen. Right. So, <laughs> it's merely to keep you in line. Yeah. And a promise, a promise is something you can probably take to the bank. A threat, not so much, you know, <laughs> and the enemy's always threatening us, always trying to frighten us, trying to keep us, uh, keep us scattered and scared. Oh. But if you know the one who defeated him, you're not going to be scattered and scared. So why pleading for all this help and comfort and understanding? Is your life really that bad? Especially if you live where we live in the United States of America, you have it better than everywhere else in the world, and you're still moaning about your life. Wow! Come on, come. And here we on. are. And yeah, you're right. You're dead. <laughs> there we are, right back at square one, looking yep. at. And that's the frustrating part. Yeah, you, Mark, mm-hmm. you were talking about Christian music, and yeah, you know what's interesting? When you and I started together in Christian music in 2000. In right. the year 2000. Yeah. Right after were, Y2K. <laughs> yep. Oh, my. Yeah, that was an interesting religious dogma thing. But the <laughs> bottom line on the two that when we started in the year 2000, there were so few artists that were still relevant um, that had been playing music in the early 80s, 20 years earlier, when Christian mm. contemporary music really came into being as a thing in, in 1980, yeah. 81, 82, 83. It was very big at that time, the first big contemporary surge. and very few of those artists from that time in the early eighties were being played in 2000, 2001, 2002. They'd mm-hmm. been supplanted by other artists uh, yeah. that were relevant. Not saying yeah. the others weren't. Amy Grant was still, it was interestingly treated badly by the Christian community at times, but yeah, the people that you and I met uh, along the way, some of the newer ones, mercy me casting crowns. I'm amazed at how many of those artists between 2000 and 2004, are actually still relevant in Christian music today. Oh yeah. And they're the only ones producing interesting music. Yeah. A lot of what's out there by the a, a different generation that is now in its early twenties that was born in the late nineties. They are what the ones you're talking about. They're the ones that have bought into this. We gotta we gotta complain about something. We gotta ask beg, whatever. And it's because they're all living in Nashville. They're writing on a number scale. The people writing the music probably aren't even believers and they're just making stuff up that sounds good. But, you know, mm-hmm. it goes back to the first call I got from John, uh, the two guys that I worked with, Chris, uh, John Stewart and uh, John Jenkins. Remember yeah. when I came to work and you and I got together and our show exploded and the station exploded, yeah. everything was really hot. And yeah. I remember them calling me and, and they said, you know, we want to take you to lunch. Really? Because you know what, Dave, if you add it in, like a Phil Collins <laughs> song about love or it would fit. <laughs> the music is phenomenal. And they were actually selling me this bill of goods. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I remember talking and being nice being polite i like the guys but they were just wrong and and i like the fact that they were believers 
And I mm-hmm. thought, okay, I got two believers. One is in management. One is the program director. They're both in management. One's programming at the biggest AC station in town, who we ended up beating, by the way. We never lost mm. to them. After yeah. our first six months on the air, first ratings book, we were the number one contemporary station in town. Think about yeah. that. Yep. That was what was crazy about the Mark and Max show and Christian contemporary music between yep. 2000 and 2004 or five. Thing is, when they, they were like, they had this real talk with me. If we added in other, you know, secular artists, people who are believers, but not religious, not Christian people, like not Christian artists that sang about love. It's all transitional. It all works. Mm-hmm. And I thought they've totally missed it. But here was my hope. They've totally missed it. But what if, what if there's a song that is very direct that they could play from Christian contemporary music that they could play on this adult contemporary or contemporary station. And I can only imagine by mercy me was the one they picked up and they picked up the version we were playing on, Hmm. on the, remember there were two versions. The first one was the one they recorded at their church. Much yeah, more in powerful. the Sunday school room with the with yeah. the upright piano that was yeah. almost barely in tune. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, and they they actually did it on their own. You know, it was for the yeah. worship project album, and we played it. It became our number one song of the year, and Magic started playing it. And then, as success, it has many fathers, and failure is quickly uh, orphaned. In this particular case there were so many contemporary stations that claimed they were the first to jump on board with uh, playing. Yeah. I can only, because it became a, a top five adult contemporary hit. It was played on every station in America. Country stations were playing it. You know, it was amazing. Yeah. That song started in Birmingham, Alabama and was played on magic 96 and, and two other contemporary related stations in town. And they were all playing the version we were playing, which was the original version. The version that came out a year and a half later was overproduced and, and it was done by INO and it was done in Nashville in a big studio and all that. Nothing wrong with it. It's fine. If you don't know the original version, that version's great. Yeah. If you know the original a, version, it's on an album called the worship project. Yeah. And uh, you can still find that the original version is still out there, but you do have to go find that, that the worship mm-hmm. project, which was an independent release right. that the guys in mercy me, they recorded at the church in the Sunday school room. And that's what they did <laughs> when they were going touring. They were playing youth student camps, mm-hmm. right? Beach camps and things like that. They were doing, yeah. we got to have a CD. And that was yep. their CD, right? <laughs> the thing is, you know, they had three, they had three CDs they had done like that. And yeah. they had sold in a 10 year period of time, just to give you an idea, they'd sold a hundred thousand records independently on their own in a 10 year period of time. Now yeah. that's a little less than a thousand a month. That's about 800 a month. And when you're playing to a couple thousand kids a month selling 800 CDs of your worship stuff. Not bad, but it, it only sounds like a lot when you say a hundred thousand records. Wow. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's not that much when it's spread out a over 10 years of time. It be it's sold <laughs> out of true. the back of the bus that broke down. You yeah, know, it's, true. it's yes. the bottom. But the thing is, what was really cool is that we, whereas I had these guys come to me suggesting what we should do to become relevant, you know, within more people could accept us. And we didn't. Mark and I actually yeah. went the opposite direction and went, uh, yeah. we're just, you know what? We could, we could do the whole love thing. We could do the whole, uh, hypothetical Jesus. What would Jesus do? Or we could just be direct. Let, let's yeah. just call it, let, let's just mock fun. We'll mock what is funny and we'll have fun. And people that get offended can just get offended because they're going to have to take offense. And the Bible says, don't take offense because then you cannot be effective in sharing the gospel. That's a paraphrase, but that's what it says. And we did. We talked about every day. And that's 
the one knock we got. Y'all aren't very religious. You don't talk, really. You know what? If you listen to our show and listen to every other religious station in America <laughs> that actually doesn't beg for money, we actually talk more about yeah. Jesus than anybody else. We yeah. share true examples of our life in Christ. Yeah. We did that because that was what we were there to do. God put us there at that time to do that. And it was awesome. The, yeah. wrong, the problem now is when the industry has been taken over by money men, it's not taken, it's not being run by Christian people who are driven by a passion to share the gospel of Jesus through song for the yeah, most it's part. Business. It's a money game. It is yeah. nothing wrong with that. Business always becomes business. It always happens. Yeah. And eventually there will be a rebirth that'll happen in some small town somewhere where artists are given an opportunity to share, where they're given an opportunity to record in an affordable way. And by the way, with digital recording, you can do that. You can be a big studio in your own garage now and not sound like a garage band from Southern California playing mm -hmm. four chords. The yeah. thing is that it's going to take a movement of people, of people who believe that, it's, it's, you know, they've read the back of the book. We know how it ends. And we will stop buying into the lie of the devil and politicians who lie. We'll stop this and we will actually move yeah. forward. Sent Mark a picture yesterday because he had talked to me about, actually you mentioned on the airbag, the paragliders, you know, guys, yeah. you know, coming in with it their AKs real, on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I thought that was a, I actually thought you were joking. You know, I mean, it was, I thought it was just an example of, yeah. you know, something crazy that was happening. Yeah. And then I saw a picture and it was somebody had put this meme up that said, you know, uh, somebody AK 47, everybody should have their own AK right. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I looked at the picture and I thought they really were coming in on hand gliders, yeah. motorized hand gliders, the uh, ultra lightweight craft that you don't have to have yeah. a license for here. You could have yeah. one of these, you and I could have one and we could, you know, fly it in the backyard. Well, yeah. if you got a big backyard, <laughs> but you know, that that's what they were coming in on for real. I mean, some of them were, yeah. Think Parachuting about the in and powered in. Yeah. Now, Look, paratroopers, I get it's an organized drop with an organized compass location where you go in and it's a tactical thing coming in in a paraglider. Mark, yeah. these are people that are raised in the kamikaze spirit, you know, mm. that they, they really are. And yeah. you do you really you can't reason with that. You cannot reason with people that will do that. The mm. only thing you can do is fight for your right to live and to share the truth. If you can't share the truth in this environment, uh, you know, <laughs> There are Christian groups in Israel right now and from churches here. As a matter of fact, right, a church I used to be a member of has a group of people in Israel right now. They can't get out. Mm. They were there on a missionary trip. They were there to serve the needs of, of people, not just Christians in Israel. You know, they were there in Israel to be a part of something. And then war broke out and they're stuck there. They're from yeah. Anniston, Alabama, Mark. Think yeah. about it. And well, they had a prayer service for him last night, you know, at the church. Mm -hmm. And the newspaper covered it. The Aniston Red Star. Mm -hmm. This is a paper that did everything it could to trash every conservative Republican thing there is. Yeah. They do not support anything that we support, this newspaper. It's evil, the newspaper is. It prints yeah. lies of the devil. And yet they're going to sell copies of their newspaper by putting pictures of people praying on the front page. Yeah. You know, by looking at something yeah. in their community and trying to take advantage of it to print more papers. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And our government, by the way, finally decided after almost a complete week that today they'd start airlifting people out. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Today, after almost a week. And 
Did you were you aware, by the way, that uh, that the government charges you for that for rescuing you? <laughs> it's been that way for a very long time. I just learned that this morning that they will send you a, a statement saying this is how much you owe us for airlifting you out. <laughs> it's your stinking money, okay? It's your money. It's the money they took from you at gunpoint, so to speak, mm-hmm. because if you don't yeah. pay it, somebody with guns will show up at your house, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. it's your money, and they want you to pay them back the money they took from you that to, to pay for your flight out of wherever the war zone happened to be. It's just insane. That is. That, I didn't know that. I learned on that, that this note, morning. We like, will go take a break and learn crap. some more crazy crap we didn't know. <laughs> but makes perfectly good sense from our government. You make sure his toys don't have any sharp edges. You taught her what to do when the smoke alarm goes off. You do so much to keep your child safe. But are you using the right car seat for your child? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Protect your child's future at every stage of life. For information on the right seat for your child, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I love it. It's the Mark and Mag Show. Mark, there are um, some crazy things that are actually uh, on social media, but there are a bunch of things I like um, that just pop up that I don't request. But if you ever have looked at them, you know, a meme pops up and, hey, you won't believe number 17 kind of thing. You get them yes. for the rest of your life. Yeah. But there's yeah. one I, I love. Uh, I am one of these people who's fascinated with music, uh, pop history in particular, um, artists, songs, and when they were hits and like, it right. was on this week um, in 1978. All right. So go back. What? That's 45 years. Mm. Wow. Mm. 45 years, 1978. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. It, it doesn't sound right, does it? 45 years ago in 1978. No. Wow. Well, what I said yesterday, the, well, the 80s yeah. or 90s, it was 40 years ago. I know. So <laughs> like, ouch. The biggest song in the country. Casey Kasem was counting him down with another long-distance dedication <laughs> from Exile, the number one song in the country. Going to kiss you all over from Exile. Oh, gosh. <laughs> now, a song that had a resurgence in the 90s with Happy Gilmore. Remember? And oh. it all of a sudden okay. started showing up in movies, you know, on soundtracks. And in uh, Happy Gilmore sings it to his girlfriend when she leaves him. And then 10 years after that, it shows up in another movie, a comedy called Employee of the Month, where it's an okay. ongoing running joke in that Dane uh, Cook movie. And uh, anyway, yeah. yeah, but number one, 45 years ago. So if Exile Kiss You All Over is in your top 10 favorite songs, yeah, <laughs> you're old. <laughs> you're old. <laughs> Just saying, you know. But well, you, the things that Facebook pops up, I, you know, I was telling you the other day, I was, I was getting all of these these things about stupid people doing stupid things. Yes. You know, the fail army stuff. And the, yeah. by the way, the fail army videos are hilarious. They really yes. are funny because people, people just don't think sometimes. And when they don't think, thank goodness, somebody's running video when it happens because <laughs> some really crazy stuff does happen because you know people what, just didn't think about what was going to happen if they took that one extra Secretly, step. Secretly, you yes. have a, you have a kid. 
a grandkid, a husband, a wife, somebody who they love you and don't care that you're fat. Okay. <laughs> they know you don't realize you're fat. Right. And something yeah. bad's going to happen when you decide that you're going to use that pogo stick that you haven't used exactly. since you were six years old. Yes. So while Dave gets on the pogo stick, I'm getting out the iPhone, you know, <laughs> and here right. it is. Yep. <laughs> They're recording. That's how these things get caught, Mark. It's by people who are willing to accept the truth that my spouse, my loved one, is fat and is going to have a mess right yeah. now. And that's, and that's what I started And I want to catch it. it on camera. <laughs> well, Jane and I started watching that a couple of nights ago. We yep. just, we're looking for something to watch because it's, there's a bazillion channels and nothing mm -hmm. to watch, right? Yep. It's just a wasteland. And so we're on YouTube and like, Hey, let's, let's watch this. And the next thing you know, we're watching people fall off of things for an hour and we're laughing about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's America's funnest home videos without all the production and the host is basically what it is. Right. And, wow. And we're just laughing about it. And then the next day, I notice on Facebook, like every third thing on Facebook is some dumb guy falling off of something. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook and YouTube apparently are cooperating. I'm, <laughs> this is what this guy's been watching on YouTube. Let's throw more at him on Facebook. And so now that's what I, I, I've been getting a lot of that. It's just like, okay, if I want to go to YouTube and pick it out of the lineup and watch it, that's one thing. But stop trying to shove all this stuff down my throat, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more interested in other things. I, and for some real weird reason, Facebook does this thing called suggested for you. Have you seen those yeah. where they, su they suggest something? You might be interested in this. Right. I'm looking at one right now and I'm trying to figure out why they would have thought I would have been interested in the Gavin brothers, auctioneers and real estate company. Mm. <laughs> for 81 years, the Gavin family has been serving the surrounding areas in the auction and real estate business. Why would I care? <laughs> and I don't even know where this is. It doesn't tell anywhere in this where they are. <laughs> it's just, well, you might be interested in this. Wow. Why? <laughs> what auction site did you go on is what I want to know. I haven't looked at any auction site. You might have accidentally. You, you know, it was, it was a Facebook marketplace popped up something you were interested in. You it looked at it. It have been. That's yeah. the only thing I can think of is that yeah. I was just thinking that maybe, maybe it's because I've been on Facebook marketplace looking at things. But <laughs> why? And stuff like that happens from time to time. It'll be like you know, that or, or. At some point in the past, I looked at, oh, you're going to love this one. I, I looked at, and I know why this happened, because I have a friend, Bello Knock, who is a clown, yeah. worked with Ringling mm -hmm. Brothers as a headliner for a few years. And he, now I get the International Clown Hall of Fame and Research Center posts in my feed. And it's all old, usually all old black and white pictures of clowns. <laughs> that have been around for ages. That's, that's what it is. And now that I think about it, I need to start forwarding them to you. Actually, I think I'll send them your name. If you do, <laughs> we will not have a good day, Mark. <laughs> oh, I'll have a great day. <laughs> Something wrong with you, man. All right, Mark. So, yeah, I've been that bottom way line, for a while. <laughs> the White House shuts down question on authenticity of photos showing dead Israeli children. Yeah. yeah I am. Talking. I am not shocked by what we have seen from this administration at all. Yeah. Not even I'm, I'm disappointed that our country has allowed this to happen is what it amounts to. Well, the silence has been deafening. There's so much, uh, there's so much, mm, anti-Semitism on the left. And that's where it rises from, by the way, all of the anger, all of the hatred, all of the, all of the, uh, the, the lies, the misdirection, the vast majority of it's rising out of the left side. So pay close attention. 
But the White House, uh, according to Fox News, <clears throat> Thursday shut down a reporter's question concerning the authenticity of photos released earlier in the day showing dead Israeli children butchered by Hamas. The exchange came during the White House press briefing when National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby was asked if the U.S. had independently verified the photos posted on X earlier in the day by Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu showing the bloody uh, body of one baby and the burned corpses of two other children. Quote, I don't think we're going to be in the business of having to validate or approve those images. They're coming from the prime minister of Israel, and we have absolutely no reason to doubt their authenticity, he said, appearing disturbed at the suggestion the photos would be fake. In his post sharing the gruesome images, Netanyahu wrote, quote, here are some of the photos Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu showed the U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, warning these are horrifying photos of babies murdered and burned by the Hamas monsters. Hamas is inhuman. Hamas is ISIS. In a Thursday press conference amid his trip to Israel, Blinken described the images shown to him by Netanyahu as, quote, beyond what anyone would ever want to imagine, much less, God forbid, experience. A baby, an infant riddled with bullets, soldiers beheaded, young people burned alive. I could go on, but it's simply depravity in the worst imaginable way. Um, end quote. Despite evidence to the contrary, Hamas has denied it murdered children in the fashion shown in the video in the photos. Uh, the IDF, uh, the Israeli Defense Forces, came upon the horrific scene after Hamas terrorists infiltrated Kfar Azah and other communities in southern Israel Saturday. The soldiers found about 200 dead, including 40 dead babies, some of whom they said were decapitated, according to local Israeli media. As of mm. Thursday, my, yesterday, more than 1,200 people have been reported killed in Israel from the attack, which was launched uh, last Saturday. The, the, the thing here is that a member of the press is questioning the authenticity of the photos. Of course. So wow, we can't believe that stuff that, you know, mm -hmm. the Israeli prime minister is showing people we can't believe the authenticity. And that is an attitude that is sadly prevailing in the news media today. Even though they live and breathe by the sensationalism, the violence and all of that, there's, they're, they, you see their true colors come through when they ask, mm -hmm. can we be sure about the authenticity of these photos? Right. Listen, Hamas is, like I said the other day, they're, they're barbarians. They're barbaric. They're, the way they, they go about things is, it's hard for people to comprehend who live peaceful everyday lives here in the United States. Yeah. So when you, while you're questioning the authenticity of these photos, you're actually helping Hamas with Hamas's cause. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's a, a, prof a professor at UVA. Uh, University of Virginia, mm -hmm. actually giving extra credit to our students that uh, get involved in protesting uh, for peace in Palestine, you know, and leave wow. the Palestinians alone. And yeah. and I thought, okay, we know the indoctrination has been going on for many years at college campuses. Now, when I was in college uh, back in the day, it was it was changing, but it wasn't all out madness. Uh, it was an area where comedians could still go and perform on college campuses and have fun and say things that were like, oh, wow, you know, so true. But boy, you'd say that out loud. And they had and college campus was a great place for people to say crazy things. Yeah. Now, if you say them, they 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 comedians don't even like playing college campuses now because they're right. so horrible. Nobody has a sense of humor. Yeah. But Mark, at least when I was in college. There there were conservative people, you know. And the old joke, if you're uh, not a liberal when you're 20, you have no heart. If you're still a liberal when you're 40, you have no brain. I, I was never a liberal. I'm a social liberal in many things. It's kind of like, 
I don't care. You know, yeah. it's like when you get right down to it, if you want to drink soda and you're overweight and you don't listen to your doctor, I don't, I'm not going to tax you more for that. I don't care. That's yeah. between you and your diet, but you know, yeah. I'm not going to get involved. And that's what I, I want the government out of my life. I don't want the government right. dictating these things, but on, on basic things like military and our country and our future, I believe I'm, I am conservative in those things. I believe in America first. I believe we have to protect ourselves. It's not that I want to damage anybody else, but right now I'm going to be honest with you, our immigration system, what we allow in legally from other countries, we're damaging other countries in the world by doing that. You realize that when we legally let people in from just pick a country, okay, pick a third world nation that needs help from inside, but they can't help themselves. And it's because countries around the world with the U S leading the charge, we cherry pick the best. Yeah. We allow X number of people in from this country, but they all have to fit a certain criteria. And when you look at that criteria, they're on the top echelon of that country because yeah. we want the best of the best here. Mm-hmm. So we're basically stealing their future by allowing their best to come here and encouraging their best to come here. And then we give them money here. You can stay with the dregs now here. Here's some more money. And we've Mm. been doing this since world war two, just the way it is. Yeah. But in reality, we have liberals here that now have, they've not just infiltrated our daily society. They now believe they're right. They believe that when they like, I, I wonder how many of them could actually really look at Ch- Teddy Kennedy and Chappaquiddick. Mm. If it happened today, Mark, if that happened today, what would we know about it? Because you know what? They didn't say much about it in 1969. Now, granted, we had the moon. We had Woodstock when Chappaquiddick happened in the middle. That's the only thing that saved Teddy Kennedy's career mm. because there was real reporting going on. We did yeah. know partial truth at least. Yeah. But now, if, if that were to happen, it would have been Mary Jo Kopechny stole Kennedy's car and drove it into the thing, you know, and Kennedy was back at his hotel on the mainland the whole time. That's that would yeah. be the Democrat lie that would be told by liberals. Or, or this is all Republican and, propaganda. Yes, it never and, happened. Uh, yeah, they, it, it, they're yeah, it this is this did not happen the way they say it did. Mm-hmm. Right. It didn't happen. Told. Yeah. Teddy wasn't there. Teddy, you know, Teddy was on a three day retreat in the mountains, praying about his older brothers. That's what he was doing. (laughs) Poor Teddy. That's what he was doing. Yes. Right. That's where we are, Mark. And and we, I I said it yesterday and I I think I'm right. I think 80% of Americans really are leaning conservative. Don't want to be called names because we don't. And that's why I think a lot of us keep our heads down. Because you just don't want to lift your head up and get it chopped off for no reason. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not willing to take the bullet for this because I know yeah. who I am. I know whose I am. This, the rest is just entertainment. Now, I don't like the entertainment, yeah. but I can't change the channel because the idiots are in charge. That's yeah. life. Yeah. But I'm, I'm deeply concerned that 20% or less are dictating our response to what's happening in Israel. That we can't even stand up for what is honest and true. And Jews who vote for Democrats have to look at this and see it. I've said this for my entire lifetime. I really have wondered, Mark, how can a Jewish person vote for a Democrat when you know they don't even give lip service to you anymore? Listen to what they actually say. The Democrats are Ocasio-Cortez and the other, you know, squad members. Mm -hmm. I've wondered that myself. How can the Jewish population of America vote Democrat? 
with eyes open. I mean, yes. if your eyes are open and you look at the look at the path they're on right now, mm-hmm. it's very easy to recognize that they're on the same path that the German the German government was on back mm-hmm. before the Holocaust happened. It's very clear that the attitudes are there, that the the desire for power and crow and control for the good of the people, it's all there. So I I don't I just I don't see how. I just don't see how. But that's where it is. We have, as we've said many times here, we have a 24-7 news cycle now and instantaneous reporting. We have entertainment 24 hours, seven days a week from hundreds of different sources. I said a while ago, there's hundreds of channels and nothing to watch. Well, there is a lot to watch, but it's all crap. It's Mm -hmm. just, and a lot of it is coming from a leftist perspective. A lot of it's infected by wokeism. Actually, the vast majority of it's infected by wokeism. And so we have a population that is feeding their brains constantly from these sources of wokeism and garbage. Mm -hmm. And they believe things that aren't true just because it keeps getting repeated to them over and over and over again. Coming up, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger is running for president, man. I think he's trying to get the Constitution changed (laughs) so he could be the next president. And yeah, think about it. Did he say he'd be back? (laughs) He's been on TV. He's been on major television shows this week and and saying things that are very presidential sounding, Hmm. very Republican sounding. Yeah, could be. Hmm. I, I, I I see. I remember when he was governor of California and he was a liberal Republican. Social liberal. You have to be a liberal to be a governor of California and you can have the R by your name, but you're still a liberal, right? Mm -hmm. Well, so again, social liberal, you know, it's a, he was still for the conservative financial issues. Uh, yeah. he did buy into a couple of things that really were crazy, but you know, yeah. I mean, you're out there in California. What are you going to do? I have friends, <laughs> you know? I have conservative friends who live out there who were just like, God, I can't believe Arnold's doing what he's doing. I know, you know, but <laughs> he would not, he, the thing is, is that, you know, it, I looked at it and thought the same thing, but I'm looking at it from the outside, looking in and you realize California, I believe California is a true representation of America. When you look at how that country, how that state is. The major cities, the major metropolitan areas, San Francisco, Oakland, mm-hmm. L.A., San Diego. And San Diego is different because of the, the military bases there. But bottom line, those areas are all blue, deep state blue. The rest mm-hmm. of the state is red. That's why they've actually had legitimate groups getting together every couple of years to talk about seceding from the state of California because they don't want people in Sacramento dictating what's happening right. to them in you know Orange County. Anyway, we got more to go. Including, I think Schwarzenegger is running for president. I, he's got to get the Constitution changed. But I believe I'll be back. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen. By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. You know, Mark, uh, very quickly, I almost sent this to you last night thinking about Schwarzenegger because, you know, he was on The View earlier this week and was talking about the border and immigration and they ripped him and he just stayed the course. And then um, he went on uh, the podcast with uh, Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe does a podcast. 
well, it's a Sirius XM show and then it's on podcast. Okay. Um, and uh, Arnold was saying some very, very conservative things that I thought, why is he all of a sudden doing this? Is he looking, because he can't be president. The constitution has to be right. changed. You have to actually, I mean, granted they that, broke the law with Obama, but yeah. But, and that's a big process. It involves the yeah. people too. So, yeah. you know, it'll never, it happen. ain't happening. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. 76 years old. It's not happening. Yeah. But it does make me think that he's doing something kind of like Trump went through, you know, that Trump in the eighties, um, be, you know, became big business. And even though a lot of what he did didn't really work out, it worked out good for him. The USFL worked out good for him, not all the other owners back in the eighties, but you know, he had be, Donald Trump in the eighties was on Oprah Winfrey. And she said, you're sounding very presidential. Would you ever consider right. that? Yeah. In the nineties, he went through many ups and downs, a lot of uh, pop culture stuff. And then he, in the two thousands revived his career with, uh, you know, the apprentice. Yeah. It was after the apprentice or the height of the apprentice that he became a personality on TV and he was no longer invited onto the news shows to get his opinion about politics and business and things like that on a global scale. And he recognized that and didn't like it. So the 2012 election, 2016, he's thinking seriously, how can I get some of my credibility back with these people that I associate with? And boom, one way to run for president, get 10% of the uh, you know overall vote and drop out, say, I can't do it on time. And you win. You're on TV talking hmm. about the process. Yeah. The thing is, he resonated with the people and boom. That's why he said some really crazy stuff at the beginning. And people went, I can't believe he's saying that, but I love it. And <laughs> you remember a lot of people did. And he just kept saying it, you know, and he got elected and everybody woke up one morning. And it was kind of like the, the country woke up and went, what? He won? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and we knew in watching it, we were like, if it's a legitimate election, he's going to win. Yeah. So here we are. We've had four years it of Biden It was even a now. joke in Back to the Future, remember? Yeah. So who's the president? Ronald Reagan. The actor! <laughs> right. <laughs> and now, you know, we're looking at this, and I'm looking at Schwarzenegger, and I'm thinking, okay, Arnold was governor. You know, he, he went through his whole career of being the ultimate uh, American dream. The, you know, come from anywhere in the world with nothing and, and make something of yourself. And, and I said it before, study, look at what he did, and you'll realize you could do it too. Uh, but, you know, Schwarzenegger became governor of California two terms and he liked it. You know, I think that after the go the governor was done, he had a couple of years to kind of decompress. You know, he got caught having the affair with the the uh, housekeeper, right, the housekeeper and who had a son. And uh, boy, you know, you're kind of thinking, I didn't realize he was an alcoholic because you can't drink that woman pretty, Mark. Come on. I, I just didn't. I, I felt so bad. I, I, and I felt bad for Maria. I thought, okay. come on, Arnold, really? Dude, come on, man. Anyway, and then, you know, uh, but he got, he weathered that storm and he did a couple of movies that nobody saw. And, you know, he's kind of sitting there at 76 and he's looking around going, I'm still healthy. I still have muscles. I think I could do something good. And so he's back on, now he's started, you know, doing not his making thing. any more Terminator movies. So he's got to yeah. do something, right? Right. You know, you know, Michael Papajohn is pretty much living in Louisiana now and is not there to be shot or killed. So, you know, if you can't beat up Papajohn, time to go on the talk show circuit. And wow. But Arnold is doing that. And I think he is now saying things. And I think he's saying these things to draw attention to the, you know, I do. I think he's doing it to get back in the public eye as a political figure. And yeah. he is strong enough to stand up because he is an immigrant, because he did make, and he, no matter what they say to him, you know what? 
he can actually look them in the eye when, when they say, but you had X, Y, Z. He can say, no, I came here with nothing. Yes, yeah. I was a bodybuilder, but I wasn't born with a body. I had to make my own body. I right, worked yeah. hard at it. I trained. And when I came to the United States, I lived with a friend of mine, uh, Franco Colombo. I worked hard. I Franco Colombo was a bricklayer by trade in Europe, right? And when mm. they came here together, they had to make money while they were working out at Gold's Gym or whatever. And Arnold worked with him laying bricks. So Arnold all day long was carrying bricks, you know, and Franco was yeah. laying bricks. That's how they, that's how they were surviving. And during one of the brick laying trips, they actually were working on an apartment complex. And mm -hmm. there was a lot of it. A lot of this apartment complex was in disrepair and it needed to be fixed. And Arnold actually went to the owner of that apartment complex. They, it was not a big one. It's like it had a couple of duplexes pretty much is what it amounted to. I think it had yeah. four or eight apartments run down. And the owner owned several other things. Arnold went to the owner. You got a lot of work that needs to be done here. I'll buy it from you. And the mm. first purchase was not a car. The per first purchase was not his own home. The first purchase Arnold Schwarzenegger made in the United States of America was that apartment complex. And he made property. money on it. Yeah. He property. Yeah. And, and buying the property in California, that's what started him on financial. He was a millionaire before he made Stay Hungry. People don't mm. realize that. He wow. was a millionaire before his first movie. You know, he was in Hercules in New York in 1970 where they dubbed his voice. If you really want to watch, yeah. see something funny, yeah. that's funny. Because yeah, you realize yeah. even now you can barely understand him, you know? I think it is probably most likely that he has an eye on governorship of California again. Ugh. Because Gavin Newsom uh, is being... You know, I think they're they're I think they're putting Gavin Newsom out as a potential uh, presidential candidate for the Democrat Party. I don't know about right now, maybe mm -hmm. maybe not this time around, but maybe next time around. Hmm. But I, there are a lot of people who think it's this time around that they're going to slide him in there and replace Biden. I think that's what they're a lot of people are thinking. Well, but that well, he's one of the one of the options. But I think he I think Arnold may be. Because of his popularity, his name recognition, he can do something Larry Elder could never dream of doing. He might actually be able to be elected again as governor of California. Hmm. I think that may be possible. That may be why he's out there saying these things. Because on the Rob Lowe podcast, what, he, what did he talk about? So what do Democrats want to do? He said he want to F up all the cities, every city yeah. they control. That's what they want to do. Yeah. And then, and you know, he, that's what he talks about. And would yeah. Rob Lowe asked him why. And he said, I have right. no idea. Yeah, but, but you know that's what they're do. doing. That's what they're doing, and so he's talking about this kind of stuff. Why else would he talk about this kind of stuff? It's not going to make him popular in Hollywood, not by a long shot. In fact, if anything, it's going to get him blackballed, right? Right. So why else? Unless he's got some sort of political aspirations, and it can't be president because the Constitution right. won't allow it. Yeah. The only other option I can see is either the governorship or possibly the Senate. Possibly you know, as a representative. Here's something we need to do, Mark. I know we're cut on time, but Robert De Niro is back out attacking Trump again and his and supporters. But here's the other thing mm -hmm. I was thinking about. You mentioned the, you know, of Schwarzenegger, maybe a senator, maybe governor. We mm -hmm. need to go back and watch the movie Demolition Man. It came out in the early 90s. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the, it, by the way, if you remember Dennis Rodman, the basketball player who did all the crazy yeah. stuff off the court, dyed his hair. He dyed his hair because of Wesley Snipes in Demolition Man. Okay. He saw the movie, saw Wesley Snipes as a dyed blonde and went, I got to do that. That's yeah. where that came from. Yeah. But they talk about the Schwarzenegger Presidential Library. And Stallone's yeah. like, what? 
You know, it's funny, <laughs> but there's a lot of things they talk about. Is. That movie, if they had put that movie a hundred years into the future, it would have yeah. been a big hit. And yeah. that that was the big mistake. But it actually, yeah. a lot of things they that happen in the future in that movie are real and happening now. Mm. And it's if I'm telling you, Mark, it I'm going to watch it, and then Monday we can read or Tuesday we'll rediscuss because the Schwarzenegger Presidential Library that they talked about in that movie. I'm not kidding, man. There could be something afoot. There could, you be. know. I just had an idea. Yeah. We've still got we've still got a lot of the infrastructure stuff for a radio station in place. All I have to do is reactivate a certain account and we could put a radio station back online again, an internet radio station with nothing but commercial jingles. Why not? <laughs> Get ahead of the curve. And if you can come up with a way to patent the idea, we can market the three seashells. Come on. Oh my god. You're cracking me up now you're killing me because you know what i'm thinking of is that dag on armor hot dog jingle that would be so politically incorrect fat kids sissy kids <laughs> oh my goodness y'all have a good weekend yeah hey uh, programming note we won't be here monday uh, i have life things going on monday early in the day and that's when we do this so i won't be here we won't be here we'll be back tuesday see you then we never walked on the moon. Elvis ain't dead. You ain't going crazy. It's all in your head.